0: Good morning, everyone. This is Judith A. Cope. You're listening to Mad Love. Welcome. Good morning. Um, you know, it's Friday. I'm always in my feelings on Friday. Everything is just everything on Friday. Um, because whatever we discussed, whatever's going on in the world, it sort of has, you know, run downhill to this moment. (laughs) So, you know, um, We started wrapping up the Woody Allen Mia Farrow uh, docuseries that I was completely obsessed with. And I just want people to understand, like, you know, I was alive during that time and I was, you know, an adult. I was 22 or 23. And I remember how it was covered in the media. So it's very telling to me now to hear the whole other side of it. You know, uh, 30 years later, it's a little disconcerting, but I think it's important for uh, victims and for uh, families of victims to understand, you know, uh, you're not the only ones. It's never just you. And also abuse and inappropriate behavior, all of that is happening no matter what your uh, background is, what no matter what your tax status is, no matter whether you're rich and famous. Or, you know, struggling to make ends meet. Uh, a lot of families have had to deal with this particular situation. And say, say it didn't happen. Say Dylan is not telling the truth, which I don't believe to be the case. But say that it say, let's, let's just flip it. Think about the damage the allegations did to the family, let alone you know, which I think he did do it. Cause that's just how I am. I tend to believe victims, you know, look how hard it was for her to tell that story. Um, you know, I just imagine like just the damage that can happen when it's just allegations. What if it wasn't true? That still would have ripped their family apart. So it happens. It's important to get light shed on these things and talk it out, uh, tell the truth, uh, stand in it. And, you know, in this particular case, I'm not sure if he, if, if his fame kept him from getting charges, at least, you know, it seems to me like he would have been charged had he not been so famous and completely manipulated the whole entire system and process and, um, you know, further damaging the child, uh, so he could quote unquote, win. Um, And he's old. He's 85, you know, so he was old when this was happening. And that's a whole different generation. Those people born in the 30s, they have a completely different mindset um, than some of the ooey gooey stuff you hear now. You know, like some of the stuff I hear people entertaining with their kids. Now I'm like, dude, my my mom would have looked at me like I had three heads. I remember uh, one time one of my little cousins, he wanted, now granted, all the restaurants were in the same little like area, but still, he was like, I want a hamburger from here, and I want french fries from here, and I want like a Frosty from Wendy's, or something, it was like three different places, and his dad, who I grew up with, was like, okay, and I was like, wow, and I looked at my cousin, the little one, and I was like, dude, if you were my kid, you, you would just be really miserable, because I would never entertain never entertain that. Now, if you're big enough to go walk and get it all yourself, cool, but I'm not, go- I'm not doing that. And Iris made me remember one time when I came in from playing outside when I was close to this child's age And my mom was cooking something. I I remember it to be some sort of like stew. And I didn't like stew as a kid because chunks were too big. It was like she never chopped up the potatoes or chopped up. Everything was like in chunks. And I didn't care for it. (laughs) I remember coming in the house. I was like, I'm hungry. She was like, well, I got this stew. And I was like, ugh, I don't want that. And she goes, well, come back when you're really hungry. You know, so then like, you know. It seemed like an hour, but it was probably more like 10 minutes. I was like, okay, give me some of that nasty stoop. Because <laughs> that's, that's parents from the 30s, baby. You know, they didn't joke around with you. They didn't care about your feelings, you know. So, yeah, it's, that's a tough nut to crack because Woody Allen is 85, and he is not about to become contrite or... um you know, give any kind of different thought to this process. You know, he's infuriated about his films, and that's about it. None of the rest of the stuff seems to really matter. And uh, I don't think that's going to change for him, because he is a curmudgeon, it seems. So it is what it is. Um, But now HBO is about to show us uh, next week, Tina Turner's show comes out. Okay, HBO's on fire. I'm super excited. I know people haven't loved the idea that they stream their movies, mostly filmmakers. (laughs) But listen, I think it's been smart. It's got people constantly on HBO Max. Um, And, you know, listen, who knows when we'll actually be able to return to um, being around each other, being in theaters, being in closed spaces. I mean, when it's safe, because despite what people want to think, just because of spring, um, there's new variants of this thing. And I don't know, none of us in our lifetime is, have ever watched somebody eradicate an entire uh, disease, you know, and we're so impatient. Things take time. Um, we're, we're not going to know the long term effects of COVID for quite some time and we can't get rid of it. So who knows? So just calm down. And businesses have to make decisions that make sense. So streaming the movies is better than trying to hold on to them for two and three years before we really know what's going to happen. You know, I think it's smart. It's really smart because I don't know if you believe the news and I believe most of what I see in the news with a handful of salt. It sounds like there may be another shutdown before the end of the year um, because of the new variants and the unknown. And it's scary. And who knows what it's mutated into after, you know, a year and some change. You don't know. So keep that in mind. So to wrap up the Woody Allen point, uh, you never know what looks good on the outside may not be good. What looks like a happy family may not be a happy family. And uh, certainly they did have a lot of fun, but there were clearly a lot of other underlying issues and things that didn't even make it into the docu-series. So, you know, you never know what you're looking at. And you can't assume these things. And, um, you know, if you're the victim of something, make sure you you let people know. Because that's why they chose you. Because they don't think you'll say anything. Um, so that's important. Um, and then, let's see. Boom, uh, boom, boom, boom. Yeah, Tina Turner. Getting excited. Can't wait to watch her tell her story in her own words. Um and here's another point. So you all saw well many of you might have seen <laughs> I forget my younger listeners <laughs> might have seen uh What's Love Got to Do with It. uh there's a scene where uh Tina comes to St. Louis to see her mom, who pretty much left her in Nutbush or wherever she was left. I think it was Nut, but Nutbush. Um she left her somewhere in the South. <laughs> and then she gets off the bus in St. Louis and she meets Ike here. Well, she went to Sumner High School. And my mom went to Sumner High School. A lot of not famous people went to Sumner High School because at that time, if you were black, you could only go to three high schools. Um, you could go to Sumner, you could go to Vashon, and I think there was a tech school. So a lot of people went to Sumner. And uh, my mom was one of them. Tina Turner's one of them. Chuck Berry's one of them. Uh, just the neighborhood, all where all these black people lived, and I think in New Orleans, and Arthur Ashe went to Sumner. I'm assuming Chuck Berry went to Sumner, but I know he lived in the neighborhood with my mom because, as I've told you on this podcast, she was trying to talk him out of playing the guitar because she thought he wasn't very talented at it. Um, she almost she almost terminated rock and roll on her own. Um, diabolical, that's my mom. So. Um, Anyway, in New Orleans or any other city, this this area and this high school would be historical and being treated like, you know, it would be a we have a restaurant here called uh, Blueberry Hill. And Chuck Berry used to play there till up until his death. He continued to do shows there in any other city. Blueberry Hill would be over in this neighborhood called The Ville. And it would be a historic area where people would come over and and eat at this restaurant. And, and you know, we'd have a walk of fame and, you know, we'd have memorabilia of, of Chuck Berry's all in the neighborhood where he matriculated and got his start. But only in St. Louis do they just let it turn to, like, complete and utter blight. I mean, this is a historical neighborhood. Anybody of color who went on to do anything... In St. Louis, anything big or small, mostly lived in that neighborhood because you couldn't live everywhere. You know, there, there it was very much redlined and, and segregated and racist here in the 40s and 50s. And it was white flight. My mom remembers moving into um, uh, a house with her uncle and aunt and had white neighbors and played with them. And then, you know, it, overnight they were gone. And that's the last time white people lived in that part of the city. That was in the 40s. I mean, and it's just disgusting to me that St. Louis can't get this right. And here's what's scarier. They're about to get $500 million, I think. I think it's $500 million from the, from the government because it was based on poverty levels. Now, this is a region that has less than 350,000 people in it. It's very small. That's why when you watch that thing on 60 Minutes and Kim Gardner is talking about, you know, life in St. Louis, that is not the entire metro region. The county is actually larger, much larger. And so while we may not have the same problems, her discussion of them, um, of the problems we do share, it's not accurate, you know she's talking about just a very small portion of the, of the region because the city is tiny now, you know, and it used to be the reverse, but it's not anymore. A lot of people, a lot more people live in the County. And when you do pieces like that, it just makes it seem like nobody wants to come here. Like nobody will ever move here or put their company here. And um, maybe they shouldn't because this whole city County division thing is stupid. And you don't realize how stupid it is until it's a pandemic. But anyway, so they're about to get this $500 million. And you think, oh, Lord, what are they going to do with this? Because when you look at the city and you look at the poverty and the blight in the neighborhoods that they've neglected, that's where the money should go. But I don't know that I trust whoever would be in charge of it to do the right thing by those people in that neighborhood. You know, they haven't done it so far. You know, they haven't made development or education or or renovating the schools or renovating properties a priority so far. So why would I think this five hundred million dollars is going to make it to where it needs to go for real? And does anybody really know what to do with it? Because that's what you feel like here. I think for me and maybe being in D.C., even when I didn't agree with what was going on when I got to Howard Reagan was president. Um, Bush was coming in when I was um, getting ready to leave and graduate, you know, and I didn't care for their politics, but I didn't feel like they didn't know what they were doing. I didn't feel like the entire administration just had no clue of what they were doing. Um, you know, I just I don't know that the leadership in the city should have 500 million dollars. You know, that's just my opinion. I don't, I have no idea who would get it. I, I guess the mayor. I don't know. But the mayor is about to leave. It's gonna, there's an election coming up. So the new mayor, I don't know enough about city politics to know if these candidates are going to be good. And I, I really don't follow it that much because I don't live in the city. And it's just too frustrating to think about. I think about this area as a region, which probably makes me a you know, an outlier, because most people aren't thinking about the region. They're just thinking about, well, I live in the city. I only want to buy a house in the city. I support the city. And then you got people who, you know, have thrown their hands up with living in the city, and they've moved to the county. And now the county is having a lot of the same problems. But it's bigger and more ridiculously modeled because we have 90 municipalities. So we don't move as a unit either. It's just very, very strange. I don't know who cooked this design up, but I'm just surprised it's taking this long for people to fix it. And so far, they still don't really seem to have a big interest in fixing it. It's an odd place to live. It's my home. I can say that I love St. Louis and I love a lot of St. Louisans. I love being a St. Louisan, but it is a really, really strange place to live once you become an adult and and look at the machinery of it. It doesn't run like a a smooth machine. It runs like a a broken machine. (laughs) Speaking of which, I was driving down the highway yesterday. Now I've got this great loaner, which between me and you, I'm probably going to have to buy because I just love it. And it's it's time to just drive like this. You know, I'm enjoying driving it. Um, And so, you know, Audi has a great program. And plus, this car looks so much like what I have people didn't even notice you know my mom has Alzheimer's so I'm thinking okay she she's like well it's white yes it's white like my car but <laughs> it's a different car and then co-workers didn't notice so that's interesting um so I'm just gonna take that as a sign that it should be mine so I'm driving this thing and it's just it's awesome so but it's not mine so I'm curious like I was riding down on the highway. This car in front of me was letting out sonic booms. I thought it was it was so loud. I thought it was coming from underneath this loner car. And I'm like, oh man, my karma around. Cars is bad right now. My my car's in the shop. The loner car is about to explode. Turns out it was like a so I got off the highway. I was like, let me get I got the I you know, turns out it was like a minivan driving down the highway with these sonic booms coming I'm like your engine is about to explode why are you driving on the highway it was very strange and that's just an aside you know the stream of consciousness but it was weird Some, I was like dude is this loner car about to explode but it wasn't my car it was a minivan and they were just I would think if my car sounded like that I would pull over (laughs) I would risk wanting someone to just come and rescue me from the highway because you really shouldn't drive with that kind of sound coming from your vehicle. So anyway, that's St. Louis for you. It's just a confusing place to live. And, you know, the disappointing thing is 30 years ago, this region had a shot. You know, they were competing with, you know, Nashville and Atlanta and Austin and Dallas you know there was not winning but competing you know but not now i don't and it's going to take a miracle to uh to make this city great and uh you know it makes me sad cuz it's beautiful you can't even really uh, express how Beautiful, the architecture is. You've never seen stuff like this, and it's the reason why, you know, they don't film here. Uh, and now the film credits aren't in existence because some Republican didn't believe they were being used. So let's get rid of them, which makes zero sense. I don't know. It's an odd place. Um, so, yeah, Um I think I'm done. I think that's it. That's all that's on my brain. Uh, Make sure, you know, that you have a great weekend, that you make time for yourself. Uh, This has been a tough year and some change here. And I don't know what your life was like before COVID, but, you know, it's been a lot. (laughs) It's been a lot. And you have to make sure that you're, you know, still taking time for yourself and being kind to yourself and listen to that inner dialogue you're having with yourself you know, um, but yeah, right now my projects are working on being a better receiver of things. Like I can take a compliment, you know, and I th- I know many people who need to start there because as soon as you give them a compliment, they freeze up. Thank you doesn't even come to their mind. Um, so if that's your starting point, start there. But for me, it's I, I have a lot of resistance. Um, even when things are going well, I'm thinking about, resistant things like things that might make it start going difficult. And I don't want that. You know, like I'm a self sabotager at times. And I've worked entirely too hard and built entirely too much of this business to sabotage myself. So that's what I'm working on. And I'm gonna uh, keep working on the website this weekend. (laughs) So working on myself and working on the website. So please check it out madlovepodcast.com. I do post different content on the blog there. There's a blog feature, but you can also listen to the podcast. Um, and then, uh, let's see. Oh, one of the things I posted was I couldn't think of the name of the movie that I loved. And that was Barefoot in the Park with a very young, attractive Robert Redford. Um, Brooke, check that out. You might like that. Uh, it's fun. It's from 1967, but it's not as um, artsy-fartsy as The Graduate. <laughs> so check out check out Barefoot in the Park. It's uh, based off of a Neil Simon play. And it, it watches like a play, but it's actually really funny. But context, it's funny for 1967, not funny for 2021. And you have a very young Jane Fonda who, I mean, this role... You you don't see the future militant Jane Fonda in this role at all. She is a super happy subservient wife, newlywed. So, there's that. All right, fam, be good, be safe, have a wonderful, excellent weekend. Take care of yourselves and we'll meet back here next week. All right? Yeah, sounds good. Bye. Oh, and one other thing I meant to talk about really quickly. I know everyone's upset about the shootings in Atlanta and, you know, what they appear to be. I, you know, but like I keep trying to stress and listen, it's not a good look that the police guy has a anti-Asian message on one of his social media pages. That's not a good look. But I also know that these investigations take time. They just take time. And nobody wants to do that anymore. Nobody wants anything to take time. And I get that, you know, you think, you know, something and again, you never, if you don't get to read the police report, you really don't know what's going on and they have to do an investigation. So, I mean, I get that we, uh, we think we know what it is and I'm not saying it's not that, but like, let it unfold, let it unfold we live in a world where everybody thinks they know everything and you don't even have a quarter of the facts, you know? So if you're not privy to the actual investigation and witness testimony, then you don't know. And like, that's okay to not know. This is an aside. Um, We had a story here. I want to say two or three years ago, because Grittens was still the governor. That's the guy who got arrested. That was, or what happened well he did get arrested, but he also got charged with uh um distributing internet porn. Like uh, he had a felony charge against him from Kim Gardner's office down in the city. And uh you know, her investigation didn't lead to anything. They were about to drop it um because he it turns out though he was stealing from his own charity. So uh, that was what he had to resign on. But uh, her investigation really didn't yield anything. Um, And he resigned because he was a thief. All right. So at that point, though, he was still the governor. And there was something that was considered to be a hate crime in a Jewish cemetery here. Initially, it read completely, you know, uh, because so many attacks have been happening across the country with on, on Jewish um, people and, and synagogues and things. When someone turned over, I think I want to say over a hundred headstones in this Jewish historic cemetery here, immediately the headline was anti-Semitism. So uh, it was weird because I think Governor Greitens was, happened to be in town for something. He was fundraising or something. So he took a photo opportunity out there to turn over some headstones and, and put them back up upright. And then I think uh, Mike Pence was in town and he was out there, you know, this is the whole horrible uh, thing. Uh, we anti-Semitism and, and all these photo ops, right? Politically based. Well, what didn't get a lot of press was after, um, uh, some investigation, uh, a suspect was found. Um, he left his jacket there because he got hot from turning over all those headstones and he got hot and his jacket was left there and when they did the DNA, they were able to find a suspect. So he gets arrested, he gets charged and turns out it didn't have anything to do with anti-Semitism. Turns out he was mad at his friend. They were driving. They got into a fight And it happened to be on the corner of that cemetery when he demanded to get out of the car, he gets out of the car, he hops the fence. And because he's mad at his friend, he turned over and uh, turned over hundreds of headstones, like not hundreds, but over a hundred headstones. I mean, he was really working up a sweat. He gets tired, takes off his jacket and it gets trapped under one of the headstones, I think. (laughs) And that's how they got him. And He didn't seem to know it was a Jewish cemetery at all. So it was never a hate crime. It was just a dude mad at his friend. And so I'm saying all that to say. I know what things look like. And I'm not saying this thing in Atlanta isn't that. But just give it some time. Let the police do their jobs. Yes, I know there are some not awesome police. Yes, I know it looks terrible. That the guy, the chief of this investigation has got anti-Asian stuff on his social media. I know that's bad. I know all of that. But it doesn't change the fact that this thing still needs to be investigated fully. And it doesn't make it any easier when people are that upset and frustrated and mad and, you know, wanting something to be uh, finished before it's time. Right. So just I know what it looks like. Just let things take time. They take time, y'all. They just do. All right, I'm done.